Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, it's all about the Model 3. Well, mostly. It's happening! Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 28 for Valentine's Day. It's February 14th, 2016. And uh, love is in the air, at least for would-be Model 3 owners such as myself. We have finally gotten some of the first real concrete details that we've been waiting for for so long. I know normally I would uh, do a little, you know, intro and do a little uh, life catch up here before getting to all this stuff in the news. But this is this is too important. I got to start right with this. I want to get right into all the big Model 3 news, which came out of the investor call from last week, the fiscal results. I'll cover more of that later in the proper news section of the show. But let's start with Model 3 because that is what I've been waiting years to hear uh, as well as so many of you out there that I've that I've been hearing from since I started doing this show last summer. Uh, a lot of you are in the same boat, ready for Model 3, looking for Model 3. So here we go. If you have not already heard, Model 3 will be revealed, according to the Tesla shareholder newsletter, on March 31st, fulfilling their promise of doing it by March. You know, right to the last second. March 31st is the day that is going to be a very good day. That's a Thursday. And here's, the, here's where it gets even more interesting. Deposits are going to cost $1,000. It'll be $1,000 to get your name on the reservation list. I know I've speculated on this show thinking, you know, my thought was maybe $2,000 uh, for the standard. And I was thinking twenty grand for signature series. But we'll get to that in a second. So March 31st is the reveal. Deposits will be taken in Tesla stores on the same day, and then they'll be accepted online starting the next day on April 1st. Now, hilariously, uh, I have a family vacation planned to Hawaii at that point, which uh, I'll be on with a bunch of family. And I've, so I've been dreading this. I've been like, oh, Tesla's planning on doing the, the reveal. And they've been saying late March, late March. And I'll be out of town in late March for a while. So I, I'm going to have a weird decision to make because do I, where I'm going, there are no Tesla stores. I'd have to take a small, I'd have to take a very quick flight to one of the other islands to say Honolulu or well, to, yeah, to uh, where there is a Tesla store and maybe put one down in Hawaii or I could go home early because here's the thing. I, there's no way I'm going to wait until online orders start on the first because it's gonna, I've been waiting this long. I want to be as close to the front of the line as I can. And if I, if I wait till online orders start, there's a couple things. One, There'll be a lot of people that do go to Tesla stores. Now, there aren't a ton of Tesla stores, and there, there are plenty of major areas that don't have Tesla stores, and there are people that are, that are busy or don't want to wait in line, potentially. So there, it's not like there'll be a million orders from just people waiting the day before at Tesla stores, but there'll be a lot. And here, but here's the more uh, concerning thing for me, and that's I fully expect the servers to crash. Absolutely think they will crash. Tesla's had issues on their website just trying to live stream some of their events in the past. So uh, when it's time, you know, there's all this pent-up demand for Model 3. So many people I talk to, I mean, obviously I'm one of them, but myself, so many people I talk to, so many of you awesome listeners that I hear from, we're all in the same boat. We are Tesla enthusiasts who are extremely passionate about what Tesla is doing, but we cannot afford the SRX. We are waiting. This is what we've been waiting for. I fully expect the servers to not be able to handle the load on April 1st, and I think it's it's going to be um, dicey. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's Tesla can adequately handle all the demand, and they'll get lots of orders, and everything will go fine for everyone, but uh, I figure... 
I've got to I've got to get in there as early as I can. Now I'm hoping as you guys if you've been listening for a little while you might know that Tesla was kind enough to invite me to the Model X launch event on September 29th which I was a very pleasant surprise to me. I hadn't even lobbied for it. So I've got my fingers crossed that maybe they'll invite me to the Model 3 reveal event and that I can be able to get mine in then. Because that would be even, obviously, that would make me feel even better about the whole thing. But then, of course, it's it's a Sophie's Choice time. Well, it's like, which, Hawaii's awesome, but this is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing I've been waiting so long for. Do I cut the vacation short, come home? Do I, you know, just go to a, a, the closest Tesla store I can find? It's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait and, you know, I, I'll do it at the last second and figure out what my best option is, but... That is what we are looking at. So March 31st for the reveal, deposits in-store that same day, online the next day on April 1st, and there there will be $1,000 each now. I think that uh, also Elon followed up on Twitter saying that orders will be accepted worldwide. Therefore, if, if this is a global thing, I fully, I'm very, very confident I would be willing to make a lunch bet over my prediction here. I think they're going to be at 50,000 reservations by April 2nd, after that first full day of online. I think it'll be 50,000 reservations, $1,000 each. That's a pretty low, um, what's, what's the word, term I'm looking for? I mean, it's, that's not a big buy-in to just get a, you know, get a place in line. If, even, if, even if you're not definitely sure you want to get the car, you know, you'd be like, hmm, thousand bucks. Yep, I'll put that down and get in line. And then if it turns out awesome, I'll be in line and I'll get one. So I think I think we're looking at at least fifty k. That's where that's where I would lay uh, the over under. So I'd be curious what you guys think. If you think I'm nuts, either on the low side or nuts on the high side. But that would be fifty million dollars in instant revenue for Tesla. Now, here's the other big thing that was a. a Elon made a follow-up tweet and said there will be no signature series Model 3. This had been speculated. This was a point of debate, uh, well, debate, of discussion on the Tesla Motors Club forum. I was very much in the, yes, there will be signatures camp. I thought there would be, given the higher volume, the higher production volume of Model 3, I thought we'd be looking at 5,000 Model 3 signatures. Turns out, no. The, the folks that thought there would not be signatures were correct. No signature series. Now, for me, personally, I've, got, I've gotten so many wonderful emails from so many of you after I sort of went through my whole personal situation on episode 26 two weeks ago about how my you know, very fiscally aware and fiscally responsible wife... Uh, is just not a fan of, uh, d- does not like the idea of the performance model of, you know, spending potentially 80 grand on, on any car, no matter what it is. And I got so many great emails from you guys. And so, you know, and I, and I, then I said last week how we had a follow-up discussion about, I laid it all out for of, of signature per- reservation versus production reservation, what that means on both sides. So, in a sense, I'm relieved because it just removes the choice. There's no dilemma anymore. <laughs> it's just gone. And she's, my wife's totally fine with a $1,000 deposit versus trying to convince her on a $20,000, which, again, that was my guesstimate as to what the SIG deposit would be. You know, trying to convince her on a $20,000 signature deposit, you know, an interest-free, effectively two-year loan, give or take, two-year loan of $20,000 to Tesla. Now, uh, before we continue, I got, a couple, I got a couple calls. I want to take one. Let's hear from Connor in New York on this topic. Connor, go ahead. Oh, hey, Ryan. This is uh, Connor from New York. I love the podcast. Staying really good. This and I'm off. They're like my two favorite things to listen to in the week. Anyway, with my question, after uh, reading uh, Elon's text this morning saying how... Uh, Model 3 reservations are going to start out soon, and that there's not going to be a signature one. 
Uh, so you won't be able to get your signature read, as you think. But do you think that they're going to just get rid of the name signature and all the options are just going to be add-ons, so it's going to be a lot more customizable than the future sorry, future past uh, things like the Model S and Model X were, where you're going to be to select and choose the signature options you want for the Model 3 without having to uh, pre-order in advance to get them like you would with the Model S and the Model X. Uh, anyway, keep up the great work. Uh, love the show. Connor, I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up anyway. So yes, signature red paint. Uh I this that was my my first two thoughts when I saw Elon's tweet about no signature series was half relief as I said of oh okay now there I don't even have to make the decision there's no you know do I put two deposits down one signature one production do I have to choose there so there was first emotion was relief my second reaction to Elon's tweet about there not being a signature series was of of mild disappointment because I've really had my heart set this whole time on hopefully getting a Signature Model 3 and thus hopefully getting, I would absolutely choose Signature Red paint. I think Sig Red is stunning. I like that it's a little rare. You know, when you see, it, you know, it's kind, it's a kind of an inside thing, right? Like if you're a Tesla fan and you see a Sig Red Model S, you know, oh, okay, that person is probably as passionate as I am because they were, they were on the waiting list for months or years to get that car. So you kind of, you know, you just have an instant, like, you instant respect for that person and, like, an instant connection. Even, even if you don't meet them, even if you're just driving by on the road, you're like, you just kind of, like, yes, I, I salute you, sir, or ma'am. So, I was, and I just love, I really love Signature Red. I think it's a beautiful color, that sort of deep maroon color. It's a multi-coat paint. So, and I thought, okay, and I did try asking Elon. I, I managed to catch his tweet five minutes after he tweeted it. It was late at night on, uh, I think it was Wednesday. I don't quite recall now. This is, so anyway, and I happened to catch him just a few minutes after. So, and he, he answered a couple people's questions in reply, including the signature series thing. Uh, including the the global thing I mentioned that was in reply to someone, and so I tried replying. Does this mean no signature red paint? Sadly, he did not reply to me. As you know, he gets hundreds of replies to something as soon as he puts it up. But I thought about it a little more, and while I'm now not expecting signature red paint to be an option, I do think. All hope is not lost, because there are a couple of scenarios I can imagine Tesla may be doing. The first one is, what if they make Signature Red available as an option to anyone in the first year of production? So, okay, if you're one of the early adopters, we don't have a SIG series, but if you're in that first year, we're going to make SIG Red available to you in the design studio. I could see them doing that. The other thing I could see them doing... Kind of a similar thing, slightly different take on the same thought here, but I could see them making it available to anyone who pre-orders the car. Anybody who puts down a deposit before a certain date, let's say prior to the car's launch or, you know, some, some arbitrary cutoff of if you pre-ordered the car, if you waited, if you've been the person who waits for the car for a decent amount of time... As a thank you, we're going to give you the option of selecting Signature Red Paint if you want it. Basically, kind of like a pre-order bonus with a video game. Because that's pre-order bonuses in the video game world are extremely common. If any of you out there are video game players, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, of course, I mean, it's slightly different because a pre-order bonus with a game is something you just get for pre-ordering the game. Whereas, I'm not, I'm not at all suggesting that... If Tesla did do that, they would give you Signature Red Paint for free. I'm simply suggesting they would then make just make it available as an option you'd pay for. But I could see that happening. I could see them as a thank you to the, you know, to the throngs of of early depositors such as myself and probably a lot of people listening to this show. That yes, we we will give you the option of Signature Red if you want it. So that that way it would still keep Signature Red going on the Tesla models. Uh, and 
it would still be a relatively rare color because let's say uh, 100,000 people pre-order the car. And so they give a, the first 100,000 customers, which will be about the first, you know, presumably year and a half or so of production. Uh, let's say they give, they give the, that many people, 100,000 people access to Sig Red. Like, on a, probably maybe one in four, one in five tops is going to take it. So there's still, in the grand scheme of things, wouldn't be a ton of signature red cars out there. And compared to the thousand Model S's and the they're about twelve fifty in uh, in the north in the U.S. and you know about thousand or twelve fifty Model X's, yes, it would be. But in the grand, you know, when you're ratio wise, it would still be a relatively small ratio given how much higher the production volume will be on Model Three. Anyway, that's enough of <laughs> that. That's immediately where my brain went was, yay, it's only a thousand dollar deposit, and then oh no, Sig Red, but oh wait, maybe they could do this. I'm I'm already, <laughs> barring them rolling out some awesome new color, I'm I've already decided, pretty much already decided, multi coat red would be my backup because I've seen that color on Model S many many a time in person. The first Model S I reviewed for IGN, which was a P85 in 2013, that car was multi coat red, and in the California sun. The red just explodes. It's just a beautiful, beautiful color. I loved it. I still love it. So, uh, presuming that they offer multi-coat red, the same multi-coat red they have now for SNX on the 3, I would absolutely choose that unless I can get a crack at signature red somehow. But I do like the new blue. The new blue is very nice as well. But I think I'll be going red one way or the other, whether it's signature red or multi-coat red. Uh, hopefully they'll offer at least one of the two of them. So, uh, there's one other key detail to go over here that Elon revealed. This was on the conference call. There will be, as I said, just one reservation and one production queue for everyone. Higher spec cars will be made first. Here's a quote from the conference call. Our default plan, as we have done in the past, is that the initial sales are relatively highly optioned versions of the car because we've got to pay back the investment of the tooling and everything, so it makes sense to have the higher optioned versions first. That's what we did with the S and obviously, again, with the X. So, this is not a surprise because, again, we do have two... uh, bits of history here to look back on with S and X. That is how we would assume they would go unless, unless otherwise the, uh, they say, say anything else. The question is, so if you don't, if I can't get performance, if those of you out there are not going to be doing performance for one, one reason or another, how long will the non-performance folks have to wait? You know, is the answer of that to that, of course, depends on the production ramp, which is obviously impossible to predict right now. So uh, the other kicker is the the tax credit, the $7,500 federal tax credit, which would, you know, for those of of slightly more modest incomes, uh, such as myself, who are buying a three, you know, the the $7,500 tax credit would, federal tax credit, would make just a huge difference for me. I mean, huge. I mean, of course it makes a difference for anyone, but, you know, just mathematically, it's, it's a much bigger discount off of a $50,000 car or $60,000 car than it is off of a $120,000 Model S or Model X. Uh, and the fact is, the current projections of what Tesla has sold in the United States, uh, of course, because if you're not aware... The federal tax credit, as it stands now, is only for the only applicable to the first 200,000 zero emissions battery electric vehicles that an automaker sells in the United States. So fortunately, because Tesla has already produced over 100,000, they've already sold over 100,000 cars. That was in the shareholder letters, 107,000 cars now they're at cumulatively. But... It's the, it's the U.S. numbers that matter for the U.S. federal tax rebate. And the current projection is that it's going to be 
relatively early in the Model 3 cycle, barring crazy Model 3 delays. So that's another reason why I want to get as high on the list as I can is because I want to be hopefully guaranteed that tax credit because it will make a huge difference in my life with the car. It will, in fact, enable me probably to just get a better Model 3 than I would otherwise. Uh, In fact, you know, if things were to go well enough, if, you know, if I end up implementing some of the ideas I threw out uh, a week ago, then, you know, maybe... Maybe if I can get within spitting distance of being able to get the performance version, then a $7,500 federal tax rebate could put me over the edge and, you know, get the wife sign off on it of, you know, she might say, okay, let's do it. Uh, Fortunately, and then California here, I will be eligible for a $2,500 state tax rebate. So for a total of $10,000 off the car, if I can get the car quickly enough. Which is half, which is somewhat in my control, given if I, you know, the higher spec car you get, the, the better chance you're going to have at the tax rebate before it runs out. But then it's, of course, also largely in Tesla's, the ball's in Tesla's court, because if Model 3 sees significant delays, the S's and the X's could just gobble up the remaining tax credits. Now, the good news is the credit is on a phase out where it doesn't just instantly disappear, it will be phased out. And uh, so for the fall, for the next, I believe it's two quarters after you get to 200,000, you will you still get the full tax credit. It's either one or two quarters. I don't have it in front of me. And then the next quarter, it goes down to 50%. And I think it's still even 25% the next quarter. And then it's gone. So... It, you know, odds are the early Model 3 adopters will get something back, but it's just a question of how many of us will get the full $7,500 federal tax rebate. So it's just, it's just, there are a lot of factors going into this car that I've been waiting so many years for and still have a good couple years left to wait, but uh, it's just good to have some of these details out there. Obviously, we're going to be listening very closely to Elon to see what other details he decides to share between now and March 31st. Um, I hope to be at the reveal event, even if it, I mean, I, I think it would just be like, while it's, we would be difficult to walk away from a vacation because vacations are rare and they're, I value them so much for their relaxation and their, the family time. This, to be at the Model 3 reveal event, I feel like would be something I could look back on not only the next day and, of course, to talk about on the show and to maybe interview some people while I'm there. You know, it could be a really cool thing just in the moment. But I feel like, you know, not to get too romantic about it here, but if Model 3 really ends up being the catalyst for a sea change in the automotive industry of electrification and of Tesla ascending to a position of major prominence in the North American and global auto industry, it would be pretty cool to be able to look back and say, I was there. You know, of course, all of you S and X and Roadster owners, you guys are the earliest adopters, but there's still an element of Model 3 being still part of the beginning, you know, being the the real, you know, it took the Roadster and the S and the X to get us to Model 3, but if Model 3 can successfully do what the S did, then, then yeah, it could be something where I look back on it and go, I was literally there. I was in the room when they pulled the tarp off the prototype, when they, you know, unveiled the car to the world, and I put my deposit down on the spot, and I got my name on the list, and I got one of the first cars, that would be something special. You can always go back to Hawaii. You can't, <laughs> you only get one shot to get, to get yourself at the top of the, uh, as close to the top of the Model 3 reservation list as possible. So they did also reiterate, yet again, that they, Tesla plans to begin production and deliveries of Model 3 in 2017. Again, I've covered this before, but there's simply no reason you just, you know, you go by what the past behavior has been until they prove that they're 
capable of changing their behavior. And that means if my only expectation for if there are any cars delivered in 2017, there'll be six Founder Series cars, just like with the X back in September. Uh, that is not a guarantee. Tesla could easily, you know, kind of get their ducks in a row a little bit better with the Model 3. And maybe there could be some actual customer deliveries and not just Founder Series cars in late 2017. But my, I fully expect to be on that waiting list for two years before I get my car. If I'm able to put down my reservation on March 31st, be it at the reveal event or in a Tesla store somewhere, I expect a two-year wait to get my car. If it somehow is less by a month, by two months, by three months, I'll be very pleasantly surprised. But I will expect to be on the list for two years, hopefully not too much longer than two years, because that would start to put us into, you know, summer of 2018. But we'll see. It's going to be very, very interesting. But this is all super exciting. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys. What are you planning to do? Are you going to go to your Tesla store? Are you going to, you know, are you going to just make it, make a day out of it? Uh, are you going to have a good time? Are you going to just order online and hope the servers hold up? I'm curious. You can, you can call in on the K on the, uh, ride the lightning hotline. Hilarious. I was about to say the KOXM hotline, which was my, my first podcast back when I worked at OXM. Uh, the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where you can leave a message anytime, day or night, 24-7. It's, it's a toll-free number that you can call or Skype, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-8752. would be more than happy to talk Model 3 on the hotline next week. And with that... I will be right back with some more Tesla news. All right, plenty of news this week. First up, this is not from the earnings call. I think it's about the only thing that big news that wasn't. And that is, sure enough, the 85 kilowatt hour battery option is now dead in the United States as well as Canada. It's been removed from the design studio, uh, just as you know what we, we expected this after Canada, it was yanked from the Canada design studio. I think just what, two shows back, we talked two or three shows back, we talked about that. But what's interesting is uh, that's not quite the only tweaking they did. The 90S, the 90 uh, single motor car is gone as well. So. The only single motor Tesla you can buy is the Model S 70, the absolute base version of the car. Literally every other Tesla, every other car Tesla makes is a dual motor car, whether it's any other iteration of the S and of course all iterations of the X. Unfortunately, the price stays the same. There's no making the 90 the same price the 85 was. Uh, not that I'd expect that, but it wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I mean, it honestly, it simplifies manufacturing to make mostly dual motor cars, make, you know, and, and simplifying manufacturing makes the profit margin larger, which they talked about on the conference call that the Model S is uh, up to almost 30% profit per car, Model X, uh, and it will, be, it will be by the end of the year, and they expect X to reach 25% profitability per car. Uh, by the end of 2016. Speaking of the Model S, we learned in the earnings call that it was the top-selling luxury sedan in America for the year 2015. Think about that for a second. Before just like, you know, before you just go like, wow, that's awesome. Yay, Tesla, that's cool. Let's think a little deeper about this. Three years ago, the Model S was just rolling out. Nobody in the automotive industry took it seriously. The Mercedes S-Class was the effective gold standard. BMW 7s were a plenty. Uh, you know, you, the what Audi A7. Porsche was having success with Panamera. You know, Porsche had finally made a sedan, so the Porsche for dads with, with kids. And in just three short years, 
Tesla has beaten them all. The numbers are astounding. Model S sales grew 51% last year. Everyone else, all the other big players in the segment, went down. Those numbers back up what I've been saying, which is that Tesla is eating the competition's lunch. Model S is eating the S-Class's lunch and the 7 Series' lunch and Audi A7's lunch slash S7 and the Panamera's lunch. And as I've been saying, I this just gives me more ammo for what I've said before here, which is that I think Model X is about to do the exact same thing to its competitors. So I wonder if those automakers are paying attention now, because they sure as heck didn't really seem to take Tesla too seriously three years ago, and in a very short amount of time, they've been hit where it counts, and that's in the wallet. And we've talked about that before, about, you know, for Elon and Tesla have, they've tried to share patents, they they open the patents, they've they've offered to share the supercharging network, they've done everything they pretty well can to encourage other automakers to make electric vehicles. You know, you remember Elon's acceptance speech for the Motor Trend Car of the Year Award, and he said, he literally said, I hope people copy us. You know, he wanted that award to to be a message to the competition, the rest of the automotive world, to say, we just won automotive, we just won Motor Trend Car of the Year. We, you know, see, like, look, this is good, build something. But no one did. And it goes back to my theory from episode one of this show about that Elon finally decided, fine, I'm going to, if you won't, I've tried to be nice about this and just tried to do everything I can to encourage you guys to build electric vehicles. But since you just seem to be content to ride your ICE gravy train, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you the, I'm going to just beat you to death and and I'm going to embarrass you into making electric vehicles. And that, I think, is where ludicrous mode came from. Again, that's just my own theory. But I think that's where ludicrous mode came from. Because remember remember how soon after the P85D and insane mode hit? It was not long after that ludicrous hit. I mean, it was... I mean, it was less than a year. It was, I believe, about eight or nine months from the introduction of insane mode that, like, oh, turns out we have ludicrous now. So... That is that is my theory, and I know I'm getting a little off track here, but uh, this it just dry, it just brings us all the way back to today with this earnings call, with Tesla, the Model S, beating out every single other car in the luxury segment in America. It is doing incredible. It is growing huge. It will continue to grow, and now you have to think that these other automakers are going to get the message and hopefully they'll start to get on the EV train. In related news, Tesla set guidance for the year at 80,000 to 90,000 cars sold, made and sold. Now, provided they get the Model X production ramps moved out soon, that should be totally doable. You know, they ended up, uh, they did a good number of cars last year. They ended up being 50, I think it was 52, no, low 50s. I don't have the number in front of me. Uh, you know, on the low end of projections because Model X, the ramp was was slower than they'd anticipated. But, you know, if they you get the ramp up, then all you got to do is make the same number of S's and then the X's can fill in the rest of that guidance. So maybe they could even beat guidance potentially if, if the X ramp goes well. Now, it's again here astounding to think about how far Tesla has come. Go back and read Elon's not so secret master plan from 2006 if you have time. He he Elon's making it all come true. He's making it all come true from surviving from making the company survive at the last possible moment in the Roadster days to getting the Numi factory for pennies on the dollar, to getting S launched successfully, to it winning every major award on earth, to the arrival of Model X, and soon the reveal and reservation taking for Model 3. Look what Tesla 
has done. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, if I, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a, a day job and I have a salary and a career, but I wish I, I almost wish I had the time to, to write a book about, about Tesla. I mean, you know, there's been a biography on Elon, but the story of Tesla, I think a, a great Tesla book would be from the beginning up through, like, to follow, if you could sort of shadow Elon and shadow, like, sort of just be a, sh- be a shadow on the wall uh, of the company, up, up right till the Model 3 launch. That would make an amazing book. That would make such a great book. I would love to write that book. I would love to read that book. But uh, in any case, just, yeah, sit back and think, whether you own a Tesla yet or not, sit back and think about that for a minute. Just how far the company has come over, you know, it was founded in 2003. Tesla is over 10 years old. Of course, their, their first car did not actually hit the road until 2008 with the Roadster. And then, you know, there was a brief period, uh, a very dicey period where Tesla wasn't selling any cars from when the contract with Lotus ended to produce Roadster gliders to when Model S production started. There was, a, there was that window for a while there where they had no money coming in other than their deal with uh, Daimler to provide battery train, uh, powertrains. But what a fascinating story that the company has, has continued to write and just how far they've come. It's astounding. A few other notes from the earnings call. New chief financial officer, Jason Wheeler, em- emphasizing that cash is king. Tesla has profitability within sight. Uh, now that capital expenditures have largely been taken care of insofar as you know the X R&D is done, Model 3 R&D is that money is a lot of that money spent. Gigafactory construction is you know well underway. The shareholders letter says, uh, which of course is signed by Jason and Elon, says, "quote We plan to be net cash flow positive and achieve non-GAAP profitability for the year." So that is good news, particularly if you've got Tesla stock, but it's just good news for the health of the company, even if you're not a shareholder. And we also learned that their Tesla plans to roll out 300 more superchargers this year. That's almost one a day. That is awesome. I'm very lucky to live in the Bay Area where there are a few around. There's one in San Mateo, one down in Mountain View. There's Fremont at the factory itself. Uh, it'd be cool to get one up in the North Bay somewhere in case, you know, you're up in wine country. But uh, in general, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to live in Tesla Tesla home territory. Uh, but it's good to see, you know, more of the, the major highways and byways get filled in, get, you know, make them supercharger enabled and, and really make it easy for Tesla owners to get where they want to go free of charge. So that is fantastic. And finally this week. I just want to add, if you've got an Apple Watch, I personally have not been tempted. I uh, don't like OS X desk. I don't like the desktop computing experience with Apple, but I love, I love my iPhone and I love my iPad. And so when the watch came around last year, I was like, all right, well, we'll see. I'm not, I don't typically wear a watch and I don't know. I just ended up not tempted by the initial version of the watch, particularly given Apple's history of making huge improvements to the, to version two of their product. You know, look at the iPhone, look at the uh, iPad, both changed drastically from version one to version two. But if you are someone who's got an Apple watch and are enjoying it, and you happen to be a Tesla owner that has, uh, and, the, and your car is autopilot equipped, you may want to download an app called Remote S for Tesla, which was made by a gentleman named Alan Wong. Alan rigged the watch to handle the summon commands so you can almost exactly feel like Michael Knight for real, like that you're, you're talking to Kit and making, making Kit do things, making Kit come to you in and out of your garage. That's the next thing. We need, 
I wonder if Alan can rig it so that you can actually give voice commands through Siri. That would be amazing. That would be so good. Alan, if you're listening, please? I don't even, I don't even own the car. I just think that would be incredible. All right, so that is a busy week of Tesla news thanks to the big earnings call. Uh, boy, it's, it's going to be, I think, a very, very just energetic month and a half. We're looking at about six weeks to go between now and the Model 3 reveal, and then, then it's just going to be something to talk about every, t- every show. I, think, I don't think we're going to have any more quiet shows <laughs> After this, man, it's going to be good. I love it. You know, I uh, I want to be able to have all this fun stuff to talk about. And now that X, the production uh, Model Xs are being delivered, the first few of those, most of the SIGs are out there. I've seen on the forums a few of you signature Model X reservation holders are still waiting for your car. And I'm very sorry to hear that you're still waiting. Hopefully you get it soon. But the Xs are... Are out are moving out and about. The ramp is is uh, increasing on a weekly basis. So it is it is a fun time to be enthusiastic about Tesla, to be a Tesla fan, to be uh, keeping an eye on what they're doing. So I will continue to do that. Of course, that is what I so love doing. That's why I do this podcast. I'm going to be right back here after the quick musical interlude and wrap things up right after this. You know, one more thing before I just get to the plugs and end the show this week. I, this just this just occurred to me. I'd forgotten to write this down in my show notes. Uh, so at IGN, we do we have we do cover Tesla news now because we cover tech, we cover pop culture, we cover you know, it's the Tesla stuff falls into our wheelhouse now, and I'm very glad to have really helped start that by. Uh, you know, initiating the conversation with Tesla and getting the Model S review back in 2013. But uh, so I'm glad to see that our site does cover Tesla news now. And we, uh, our guys had written up the bit about the the bit that Bloomberg did on pointing out what you and I already know, which is that with the if you live in California or certain states, you know, the, the Model 3 could end up costing you as little as $25,000, you know, with the $7,500 tax rebate and if you know if you live in a state like California that gets 2500 back and you know so i i go i was looking through the comments on the article and i was really astounded by and i've seen this in other tesla articles that we've done on IGN as well now to give a bit of background i mean IGN is by and large it is primarily a video game site that is it's that is our you know number one that's how we uh we keep the lights on by by you know primarily is is with video game coverage. So the audience that's on IGN and and clicking on a Tesla news story is not fo- they're they're not folks like you or I who are following Tesla very closely for good or bad. They're they're people that probably just hear about Tesla when when they make the news, right? And what astounded me was you know, this is certainly not everyone. There were, I, in fact, I noticed a couple of Model S owners jumping in the comments and answering some people's questions. But what I was very disappointed by was that there were a number of folks, a number of commenters uh, on IGN who were were just spreading the fud. Fud, if you're not familiar, is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Uh, you know, sort of a negative publicity tactic that that certain people or companies or organizations can, uh, pardon me as I'm kicking the brass handle on my desk, can, you know, will we'll choose or, or decide to implement for one reason or another, whether they're trying to sabotage something or whatever it is their goal is. But there was a lot of FUD uh, just on IGN, you know, not a car site, not a, you know, Let's just call IGN a fairly neutral site when it comes to things like Tesla, right? Where it's not a site populated by a bunch of, by overwhelmingly uh, large numbers of Tesla fans like me, nor is it a site that's populated by a bunch of, 
you know, uh, petrol heads who are anti-EV. It's just, you know, it's people who read about tech and read and read about video games and 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 the have hobbies therein uh, with them. So it really surprised me to see the two the two big narratives that I see pushed uh, by these folks in on the comments are one that that sourcing the lithium and you know the the sourcing the mining for the batteries the lithium ion batteries in an electric car is more pollutive to the earth than uh, than a gasoline-powered car is. So that's that's the the bit one I always see, and then the other one, the real the the I would say the even more common one is, oh yeah, it's you know zero. It doesn't run on gas or oil, but you know it's it's actually dirtier because the electricity is coming from coal-fired plants. And in, and every time someone does that, someone else replies with the facts, you know, links to relevant websites that show that most states that, you know, that the electricity grid in North in America is getting cleaner and cleaner by the year and that most states not called West Virginia are primarily uh, their their primary source of electricity is not sourced from coal. Uh, but that those are the two the two fud arguments that I see presented on I, I was seeing them all over this IGN article, and it really just kind of it's it it just took me back because I just what I want to know is where are they hearing this? Who is perpetrating this these fud arguments? And the other part of it is again particularly for a Let's again call them a neutral, they're neutral commenters. Why are they embracing these FUD arguments? Because wouldn't a uh, wouldn't a a sort of neutral observer of these things who who clicks into a Tesla article on IGN, wouldn't someone like that who doesn't, you know, who doesn't follow Tesla on a day-to-day basis, who doesn't know every little thing about it like we do, wouldn't that person see, oh, this American car company is making this awesome, potentially awesome new affordable electric car. Wow. I, there, you'd, you'd think there'd at least be a little sort of national pride involved, if not like, just like, you know, to get behind it a little bit, or to at least not badmouth it, even if you're not like necessarily going to buy the car. But there's this weird... I, it's just odd to me that there's this... this some of, From some of these guys, just this anti-Tesla agenda for a company that's trying to make cars in a better and more fun way. And they have, in fact, I, I don't even think we can say, we don't even need to qualify it by saying trying anymore. They've done it. Model S is the safest car in the world. It is one of the quickest cars in the world to 60 miles an hour. It is one of the most technologically advanced cars in the world with autopilot. I mean, the, the, the proof is on the road on a daily basis. There are 107,000 of them in the world that are on the roads. So it just it just strikes me as odd that in a that this just on neutral turf, which which you know IGN is in this case when it comes to cars and Tesla, where are these people getting this and why do they buy into it? Why do they propagate it? And why you know it's just odd to me. If you have any thoughts on this, again, I would I think it could be a good uh, ride the lightning hotline topic. You can give me a call toll free anytime. Just leave a message. That's all you got to do. Call up, leave your name, where you're calling from, leave me a message. And the number is 1-888-989-8752. You can call that or Skype that. And I uh, take this opportunity now to remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday or anniversary or graduation or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special the recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit my friends at lifeonrecord.com to learn more. I thank lifeonrecord.com for supplying the Ride the Lightning hotline 
So, yeah, that was sort of on my mind. I'd be curious to hear other people's thoughts about it. Uh, it's, yeah, just seems odd to me. But, you know, all Tesla can do is just keep making awesome cars. And uh, hopefully all the states will continue to do is make their grids cleaner and cleaner to support the facts. Uh, but, yeah, that was... That struck me as odd this week. I wanted to share that before I went. On that note, it is time to go. If you are on Twitter, you can follow me at DMC underscore Ryan. You can always email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And if you are a video game fan, check me out at my day job. I'm on IGN.com, handling uh, many, many things, including our resident Xbox weekly podcast called Podcast Unlocked. I also do an interview show with some of the biggest names in the video game industry on a show called IGN Unfiltered, which uh, you can also find the episodes on YouTube. Please check out my t-shirt website, nerdstyles.com, for video game and geek-inspired t-shirts, as well as a coffee mug. would love it if you, would, uh, if you see something you like. Pick it up. Also, please be sure to subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. It's a fantastic resource. Gives you a great snapshot of the week's Tesla news. You can do that for free at teslaweekly.com. And finally this week, a reminder, you can now listen to this podcast in your Tesla via TuneIn. Search for Tesla Podcast on the TuneIn website. Follow it there, and then it'll show up in your favorites in the car. So uh, enjoy the show no matter where you listen to it. I thank you for listening to it. I think most of you get the show on iTunes where I've been getting a lot of very kind user reviews. It's been charting very well in the automotive section. I really, really appreciate your support. Tell your friends. Tell your, your Tesla-owning friends. If you work at Tesla, tell your fellow Tesla employees. Spread the good word that I am here to uh, talk about all things Tesla every single week. So... Thank you all so much. This has been Ride the Lightning, episode 28. Happy Valentine's Day, and I will see you back here next week.